0: I don't want anybody else. When I think about you, I touch my movie, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, that's not bad for something that I desperately just pulled out my ass, like well, literally the second before I said it. You needed something 90s. You do, yes, you do. Because and this film drips in 90s aesthetic. And
1: that was 90s? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's a thing that I think a lot of people f- who experienced forget about until they're reminded of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Much, yeah. much
1: like this film, I suspect, for people. Because it seems like one of those films that you would just completely forget about,
0: given the option. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's fair. That works. <laughs> <laughs> Very around. much we like this around. film, that basically works. It, it it gets the job done. That was a bit. I I started the show off with a bit. Whether it was good or not doesn't matter. I did it. That's right. And, and that's, that's that's how that's I feel about news. yeah. That's how I feel about Wing Commander, the nineteen ninety nine classic. Um, came out. You know. Got in just before the Phantom Menace. Uh, I, I have a fact about that coming up. There's Amazon Facts for this one. Not many! Amazon X-Ray's facts for Wing Commander are few on the ground and are mostly continuity or prop pr- problems. Mm. Um, And I don't normally list those, but some of them were written in such a passive-aggressive tone, uh, almost admonishing the film what this else? long after release. I mean... There, there.
1: There's a lot of opportunities for continuity problems in this movie because there, is, there's a lot of jumping around that was done, and it's, it's fairly obvious that there's stuff that's just not dealt with, or yes. you know, left out, or one things that were intended to be there.
0: I'm glad about that. Oh, because sure. that 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 means less movie. This is one of the times where I'm kind of glad that things aren't. Like resolved, or there are plots that never made it in, uh, and that it is as, as you said before we record, started recording. You know, not the movie they wanted to make. You uh, think because the get... movie
1: that they wanted to make would have been that much worse?
0: Uh, it would have been that much longer.
1: <laughs> um, I I mean, I don't know if it would be because I think a lot of these seeds drag on too long, and you could cut some of those for time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like. I don't even think whether it would be worse or not. Who knows? But I don't even think the movie they w- wanted to make would have been all that good. No, probably not. But okay, they, so they Wing weren't Commander. starting. With, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. let's, let's scale it Did back. Did you play Wing Commander?
1: Nah. No. no. Was that like before?
0: You, were you not into doing PC games at the time? This or? was long before. I was too poor. Yeah. I was too poor. Um, I had. This is back when I used to get, like, consoles years and years after they'd already come out. Like, I was sure. playing an NES when I was 13. Um, yeah. So, this this is one of those series that I've heard a lot about. Like, like most 90s PC games. I've heard a lot about, not played. Some PC games I've gone back and played over the years. Um, but Wing Commander never quite touched it. It's, it's not even, I don't think it's quite even within my wheelhouse, even if it... Had been available, really. I played
1: a couple of them, and I don't know which couple of them that I played. There's something like six games in the series, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And 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 they were fine. Uh, I, they were a a really good holdover until uh, X-wing and Tie Fighter uh, sort of came in and became the space. Cockpit shooter games. Uh, if you wanted a sort of an arcadey fun thing, which really more my preference. Yeah. It, uh, so, and I don't have a lot of strong memory of it. I, I remember it being kind of notable because it did have um, sort of directed cinematic sequences, and um, and that was interesting and novel for the time. Um, but. I, it, was, it had its own universe and its own developed lore that I can see why people got an attachment to. And then this movie, despite being directed by the guy who created it, I, I, I don't know how faithfully it really adheres to that, which is kind of a strange case, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it looks like he tried to take the opportunity, and, and, and this might speak to his problem. Um, is Kevin Droney, is that who we're talking about? Chris Roberts. Chris Roberts, okay. I was trying to remember if... if because I, I my, my short-term memory is so good. Couldn't remember if you'd mentioned we were talking about the director or the writer. i oh,
1: um, talking about the, direct, the director, yes.
0: yeah. Okay, Chris Roberts, yes. Um, well, this sort of speaks to what might be a long-running problem with him, which is that nothing he makes is what he wants. Uh, because uh. if we look at the Kilrathi... Uh, who serve as the primary antagonist, uh, they... In the game... Now, again, I've not played the series, but in the movies, they are... In the games, they're basically big cats. Yeah, they're big They're big furry cats. Yeah, yeah they're big cats. Because um, in doing reading, this is all on the Wikipedia and everything, um, in reading up, Roberts has said that he... The Kilrathi in the movie looked different because he was consistently unhappy with how the Kilrathi look in-game. They never lived up to his vision. So that's why the Kilrathi in the movie don't look like big cats. They still, in the face, well, look cat-like yeah, for but they the just, few don't seconds have the you see them. Yeah. But they're furless, yes. Uh, because Roberts has apparently just ongoingly unhappy with how they look like, like, live, I guess. I guess as like little video game graphics they look fine, but whenever they were live-action it was like... He says uh, he had previously reimagined the Kilrathi between Wing Commander 3 and 4, going so far as to completely redesign the Malick character between the two games. He uh, says even after the film, he was unsatisfied with how the Kilrathi looked. Uh, the puppets were built before the sets were complete and were too large to be filmed without hunching over unnaturally.
1: Well, that and I, I, I read a... Um, it's in 2012, I guess, some book came out that referenced uh, the Wing Commander movie, um, had something to do with uh, you know, films being made into video, or video films being made of video games. It was sort of a, a look at that. And when Commander came up, and Roberts uh, responded to some of the statements that were in this book and sort of tried to provide some clarification on it. And I guess the guy he'd originally wanted to do the alien designs for the Kilrathi, uh was determined to be too expensive. they went like half a million dollars uh, to do that. Mm-hmm. And he had already um, kind of used political capital with his uh, partner (laughs) to get someone else (laughs) that he wanted, and they were already over budget.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry I'm laughing. I'm sorry I'm laughing, but Chris Roberts... (laughs) I was looking through Chris Roberts' other work. Oh. I'm sorry to interrupt. Um... Oh, he's also involved with Star Citizen. Well, he is the Star Citizen guy. It's director. Oh, fucking is him, isn't it? It's the same guy. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, I didn't
1: realize you were unaware.
0: This is how out of touch I am with space simulator type stuff. And this is why, no matter how many times people tell me to cover Star Citizen, I'm probably not going to do it. I'm that removed that it just took me until now to circle around and realize that the Chris Roberts I hear about when I hear about Star Citizen is this guy, which makes sense because he did fucking Wing Commander. Um, that's how out of fucking my depth I am with that genre.
1: And and it's not like, oh my God, it's not like Star Citizen is is uh, an easily understood example.
0: No, of that yeah, either. there's just so much you got to get into it. So that's f- why, you know... Redditors and commenters and and listeners and everyone, why I don't talk about Star Citizen. I can't. Um, To do so would require so much research going back over the years. First of all, familiarising myself with a genre that I have no interaction with, which is, is... that's decades of stuff I have to bone up on before I then delve into the complexity of Star Citizen uh, and its various issues. Uh, and it, it would be terrible. And I'm sure some people are saying, "Well, you 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 make this much money on Patreon. Why don't you take the time to research? Because I'm doing all the stuff I'm paid on Patreon to do. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the time. To I mean, Star Citizen learn is one of those games.
1: It's one of those games that a traditional games publication, they would hire someone to cover Star Citizen.
0: Yes, it's specialist. It's specialist, and it's it's not my specialty. That's the best I could do, would be to hire someone else yeah. to do that episode, do that video, do that art Maybe an article. I mean, that's the best I could do, is I could get a freelancer to write it up. But anyway, back to why I was laughing. <laughs> He's been a... not a director... Since Star uh, Wing Commander I almost called it Star Commander again (laughs) I keep accidentally calling it Star But that might be my subconscious Trying to make the link between this and Star Citizen I thought it Um, might be yeah. But it's more likely That this movie is just so fucking hard To remember that I'm calling it Star Commander But anyway, he has had a quite illustrious career As a producer and executive producer Well he started a production company After um, Wing Commander
1: yeah uh, yeah he, he so he chris has gone back and forth between games and the film industry for a while he did uh all of the um wing Commander stuff with origin then he went and made the film then he came back and uh to video games and and did uh, star lancer and freelancer and a few you know other things
0: yeah and yeah interesting to note though uh none of
1: none of the things he did none...
0: after he did none this of the came films. Out. No, well, none of the films he did came out under his film uh, company names, basically. Um, well, they, they were didn't... distributed
1: by other people, and so you know they well, wind up they... with a production credit. But
0: yeah, well, the thing is, is that's true of the second one. The th- the first one, nothing came out under it, which is. Kind of fitting, because the company was called Point of No Return. Right. Ascendant Pictures, however... Now, that did see some films come out. One of which... (laughs) And and Roberts is an executive producer. is a film we've talked about in a different podcast before. It's Who's Your Caddy? (laughs) The terrible golf film that I've still yet to see... Which is notable because it's one of it's one of Jeffrey Jones's post outing as a dirty naughty boy uh, oh. castings
1: oh, I'd forgotten about who's your caddy uh, and that that is uh, it's interesting because Robert's post wing commander production career it's not horrible uh, there are some films on here that are. Not bad, the Thomas Jane Punisher film, uh, which I kind of liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did that. He did the Nicolas Cage film Lord of War, which I thought was pretty good. Lucky Number Eleven, which I've, wasn't I've bad. I've
0: heard of not Lucky Number Eleven, so I've, it's got to have been okay. I mean, I've also heard of Who's Your Caddy, but <laughs>
1: right, yeah. Um, and then you get like down to the end with the uh, Blackwater Transit, and that film hasn't come out. Uh, it. It had a terrible production, apparently, and it's finished but can't be released because they, they wanted to do more uh, edits to it and wanted to shoot more, couldn't get the money to do it, and so it's just stuck somewhere. Uh, and that was the last thing he did before. Yeah,
0: lots of script changes and, yeah. and trouble associated with Blackwater Tram. Something tells me he's going to say that uh, it didn't come out as he envisioned it. Well,
1: I don't think it's ever going to come out, so... And he's like, um, you know, and,
0: and again, yeah, technically
1: true. A a producer role is very different uh, from oh, from, of course, of course, you know, having that sort of uh, direct creative authority. Uh, yeah, I'm not
0: I'm not assuming that, that Chris Roberts said Jim Jeffries isn't he the, the you know he likes he <laughs> likes Jones? the little ones. Who did I say?
1: You said Jim Jeffries. Who? Oh
0: fuck, that's a lawsuit. There's a new one. Oh <laughs> shit. Why did I say Jim Jeffries, the Australian comedian? I'm who, sure he's been called worse things. I'm sure, yeah. Uh, but to to my knowledge, Jim Jeffries, the Australian comedian, is not a, a fiddler.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We he make d- that he doesn't clear. like.
0: He doesn't enjoy um, pornography of the child. Uh, Jeffrey Jones does. <laughs> Jeffrey Jones, the star of Star Commander. documented evidence of this. Yeah, he loved it. Uh, and and I'm not suggesting that Chris Roberts personally cast him in Who's Your Caddy on the grounds of that. Um, he probably had nothing to do with any of that creatively. Uh, you know, probably just put some money into it or something, like executive, not even producer. Right. So you know, uh, but but Caddy, Who's Your Caddy, which I I, I may have to watch one day. Um, I'll just do, I'll, I'll read you the entire plot on Wikipedia. It won't take long. No. When hip hop star Christopher C-Note Hawkins, played of course by Big Boy, uh, is denied membership into an exclusive Carolina Pines Country Club, he comes up with a cunning plan that will oblige the country club to allow his acceptance. C. Note perch. This is less than a paragraph long, and I'm already tired of it. I'm not going to read out the full plot. You can see the trailer on YouTube. It, it's, uh, well, Jeff- it's it's Caddyshack. Without yes.
1: Bill Murray it sounds like
0: Yes and Jeffrey Jones As the antagonist And, and Big Boy as the hero So that's The entire f- film career Of Chris Roberts I mean it's for you. Yeah it's not great It's the whole thing Um yeah. that's not to make fun of him uh, his, no. his, his game um, uh, his, his game Pedigree is out there It's
1: illustrious
0: yeah, I mean, he's say. been involved in, in very um, seminal, you could say, games. Um, very influential games. It's just... I mean, I'll say this much. He's, he's done more in film than David Cage ever will. Oh, sick Cage <laughs> burn. I'll give him that. Uh, otherwise, I think I'm ready to hear about this film that I just watched. yeah, let's do that. yeah I can't wait to have the plot regurgitated back at me after I've just watched this whole awful, boring shit. Our opening credits our fact, company- to, fact, to, fact, fact, oh, fact to fact to fact 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 to fact to fact 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 to fact to fact 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 to fact I, fact, I- fact, think I know
1: what you're about to uh, to fact us with.:
0: Maybe you will because it was the immediate fact on Amazon X-ray also I don't know what that. Fact song was that I did. I think it. It sounded it st- like the Mission
1: Impossible theme. That's
0: what. I, yeah. Like I think I tried to start it off as original. Then in my mind, I thought this is just being Mission Impossible, which has nothing to do with anything we're talking about. But I might as well lean into it. Yeah. And I think I got a fairly sort of trademark-friendly um, representation forgery of the Mission Impossible theme there.
1: Yeah. No. It was, well, it was close enough that I, I mean I drew that association, but I don't think we'll
0: get sued. There we go. There we go. I don't need to be sued. <laughs> um. <laughs> right. Time for the facts. Time for your first facts. I ain't got, let's say, not too many facts today. Uh, but they're all entertaining, I think. So, this is one of only three movies that released with the theatrical trailer for Phantom Menace preceding it. Many people paid to get in, watch the trailer and then just fucked off and walked out of the film.
1: I do remember that happening uh in, in around that time that people would go just to see the Phantom Menace trailer.
0: Mhm. I mean, y- you got to remember this was 1999. Yeah, the internet was around, but this was pre-YouTube. Um this was pre I mean pre video streaming basically. Yeah. Um they the idea that you could just look on your computer, phone, TV, console whatever and just see the new trailer it would just drop like that was unheard of if you if you cared that much about a trailer uh, you would go to movie theaters and watch an unrelated movie to see it and some people would do that not um to the scale where like the world stops now to see a new avengers trailer drop uh, because it wasn't as easy, it's not like all of us were running out to watch Wing Commander so we could see Phantom Menace. Right. That, uh, yeah, exactly. But, I mean,
1: you know, but we're it doing still it because a... there's no barrier now. And that's why it's so effective with all of the, the platforms of distribution that are available is that we, the world can, for, you know, like 60 seconds, stop while everyone watches a fucking Avengers trailer.
0: Yes. I, I'll tell you what the the closest thing I could draw this to as a modern parallel is when a game comes out that has a demo for another game attached. Mm-hmm. Like when Crackdown had the Halo 3 demo on it. Zone of the Enders
1: had Metal Gear Solid 2. That's too.
0: the most famous example is Zone of the Enders and MGS2, yeah. Um, and, and I think some other ones have done it, uh, but that's, that's sort of the... the the best comparison. So people would do that. Uh, they would... It feels so weird that I I talk now. This is one of those moments where I am rem- reminded that I'm an adult. Because I very rarely consider myself one because I'm not built to survive as an adult. <laughs> yes. um, I, I should be dead face down in a ditch by now. Um, somehow I've, I'm still alive. But but this is one of those moments as I'm explaining how the world used to be to uh, an audience of... Of of people who some you know some will know what we're talking about, but there will be other listeners who don't. Um, listeners who are old enough to to do things on their own. That's horrible. I don't like thinking about that too much. It, it some is... of these people can leave the house on their own legally. They <laughs> might they might still have to live in the house, but 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 they they, they can just go to the mall. Yeah. Now, I was going to say some of them can even drive, but I, I what well, maybe I mean, 1999. Yeah,
1: I mean they can now. Yeah, if they were born after 1999, at least in most United States states, you can get a driver's license at 15, 16.
0: The world would describe the, the 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 long long ago.
1: I mean it's it is uh, sick. It is sort of weird. Like I mean I have I have a half sister, who is quite a bit younger. Uh, she's like seven years old. And she cannot conceive of a reality prior to tablets. She always has a screen with her. It is a, it's an mm-hmm. integral part of her life. It's practically an appendage. Yeah. And, you know, and, and boy, you know, nothing makes you feel older than the creeping thought in your mind that maybe that's not healthy
0: yeah but then again we you gotta think of what our parents thought was unhealthy well that's for exactly us, that's what exactly that, what i'm saying it's yeah. like
1: wait a minute like because it was it's reptile response at the back of my brain it's like hmm, i don't know if that's a good idea it's like what the fuck am i doing
0: <laughs> yeah what is this what happened to me um, we, are, we are destined to become it. We, we are destined to become the, the, the people we railed at. But, but those, Sometimes you know, like, together when we worked at Destructoid. We're going to be those old men. It's like a telephone. A proper telephone. They will
1: never yes. use a proper telephone.
0: They will never, never... None of you listening will use a real telephone. That thing, the, the rectangle of glass... This infernal contraption that captures demons.
1: I had to explain to my wife the other day, who is just five years younger than I am, what long-distance calling companies were. (laughs) Because something we were watching made a reference to MCI, which is a company that doesn't exist anymore. But there was a time when there was a very legitimate, like, and public business war between phone companies over how much they charged so that you could call someone in another state. In yep. another
0: state! Oh, yeah. yeah. There are so many industries that, that some of our listeners won't be familiar with. Because I tell you what, that's the big job killer. It's not green pigs coming over to your bird island and stealing all your jobs. It's technology, friend. Marches on, automation. There's your job killer. But we want... <coughs> We want our cars built faster and we want to see our Star Wars trailers immediately. So So there you go. There you go. So we haven't actually started this at all. No, no, I was just about to launch into how do we how do we sustain a post-labor society, but this ain't the place for that discussion. <laughs> Wing Commander, that's what we're talking about, not post-labor societies. Our credits, our opening credits. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, fuck. Speaking of history no and, you know, post labor societies, they're accompanied by a sort of uh, an audio recording timeline that lays out all of the significant human developments that you, the viewer, will need to know to enjoy this fine cinematic entertainment. Yes. Um, we can confirm that JFK was real.
0: Yes, and Amazon X Ray very helpfully pointed out that uh, JFK played himself. Oh, good. <laughs> Because they literally used a sound clip of him. <laughs> uh, man started exploring space
1: and established colonies on other worlds. Uh, they created an artificial intelligence to handle the calculations for some form of long-distance space travel that's now in use. And uh, they met another race, the Kilrathi, and got into a war of them. Now, you have to remember yep. all of this information. And it's delivered...
0: And also, just bear in mind, that's the only characterization, plot development, arc, feature you're going to get for the Kilrathi.
1: Yeah. That's pretty that's much it. They are it. literally blank slate
0: villains. They serve only for the movie to happen. They don't do even do anything in the film. Not particularly, like they, no. This is one of my big problems with the movie, and just how bad it gets in places, is there's a plot, but it's not a plot, because because nothing's going on, and the Kilrathi aren't really doing anything. Well, they're are... just a threat. Like, oh, they're going to do something bad. They're near Earth, so I feel there you like go.
1: there are. Well, I, I feel like the Kilrathi are just in this script altogether as set dressing, really, because the the the. Most of the the plot and the the story and the narrative all revolves around this sort of human drama, of them, you know, for for a, a subplot human that, that doesn't exist.
0: I mean, it's Matthew Lillard trying to oh, come oh. inside anybody. No. And Freddie Prince Jr. being sad. And we haven't even gotten to them yet. Uh, no. Okay. Let's so... uh, let's crack on. There's this base that's built
1: into an asteroid that gets attacked by the Kilrathi fleet. And yep. determining that the the base is lost, the base's commander attempts to destroy the NAVCOM AI, this artificial intelligence that allows the plotting of jump points uh, to prevent it from falling into enemy hands because it would reveal the location of Earth and then yep. the Kilrathi could go destroy Earth. So with the enemy breaking through the doors... Uh, He relays a message via drone to Warren Command that uh, they weren't able to. Like none of the self destruct, none of the emergency measures in this film function. I think that's worth noting because we see it here with you know, there's a self destruct mechanism for this AI that I guess is specifically designed to prevent precisely this scenario.
0: It's it's like like the old meme says, "You had one job,
1: right." And that doesn't work. And then later, you know, the... Nobody's
0: ejector system works. No. Nope. You know the real irony, though, is that they live in a world where nothing works, but the one scene in which something is supposed to not work, it works. Um, which is one of the goofs that I didn't actually write down, so it's not a, This is an unofficial um, Movie Boy fact. But there is a scene where they say that their communication system won't work because of the radiation that's in that area. And then they just start communicating on it. <laughs> the one scene in which something is de- definitely not supposed to ever work in real life. And it <sighs> works. And then everything else is fucked. <laughs> so, Every time yeah. I see Kill Rathy, I want to say Dothraki.
1: Carry on. The, the uh, commander sends this message via drone to warn command of mm. this turn of events. Uh, Commando,
0: um, Admiral Wilson, by the way. His name is Admiral... Oh, is, re- is this
1: Admiral Wilson?
0: I need you to remember the name. Well, is, Because I, I, he's not on
1: screen long enough and I didn't remember hearing his name said at any point.
0: No, no, but that's why I've got to bring it up.
1: Okay, because um, yeah, now, now that you tell me he's Admiral Wilson, I know who Admiral Wilson is.
0: Yeah, wasn't he played by Malcolm McDowell in the games? Um...
1: Or Maybe. does he? Someone else? I just meant in the context of the film. Like I. Figured, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting okay, ahead yeah. of myself.
0: Yeah. I, I, well, anyway, this is Admiral William. This Wilson. This is Adam, Admiral Wilson. Okay, yeah. cool. Remember the name, listeners. Okay.
1: He's really, really central to the plot. He honestly. Like the whole plot rotates. Revol- does it revolves around him?
0: Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> it, it. It. Anyway, just remember the name. <laughs> I got something good coming.
1: Uh. So the. Uh... Admiral Talwin gets the uh, message.
0: Yeah, I guess or Admiral Towlin. Towlin is it Towlin? It depends. It depends on whether you go with what they're saying out of their mouths or what you see written on the screen in one particular scene. In fact, a 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 fact, fact, fact. Got a fact for you.
1: That was much closer uh, to the Mission Impossible.
0: Yeah, I just. Yeah. I, it's just going to be more and more until it is. Um, so. And I've written this almost verbatim. I've, I've truncated a little bit for time, but I've done it almost verbatim because this is where the... This is where the Amazon facts that I was given start to uh, try and speak in the movie's defence and then give up and th- and use the attempted defence to further admonish the film. <laughs> so, continuity error. I'm actually jumping a little bit ahead, but I couldn't help bring it up when you mentioned Tolwyn. Continuity error. In Admiral Tolwyn's communication to Captain Sansky. his name is listed as Admiral Towlin. That's not it. The fact continues. (laughs) While this sort of thing could normally be chalked up to human error, spelling such a high-ranking official's name wrong would probably subject a soldier to severe punishment. (laughs) So it's like they tried to defend it at the beginning. That's like, well, in-universe... Uh, They could have fucked it up. Grammar mistakes happen all the time. But let's not forget this is the army, so it's not good enough, Wing Commander. It's not good enough.
1: This is a fine example of something that Wing Commander does in that it's inexplicable how this military operation functions with the people (laughs) who are in it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You end up surprised that their spaceship made it to space. Right. So, uh, using the NAVCOM AI, the
1: Kelarathi are going to be able to reach Earth before the... uh, Is it the Confederacy? I think that's what they're called. Oh, like it matters. It doesn't matter. Before before the human fleet can assemble back there and stop them. And so, uh, Admiral Talwin orders all the ships to Earth, but then tries to contact uh, another ship that's still in the sector where the Kilrathi attacked to try and get some intelligence and maybe get a a strategic advantage. So he sends this message by way of a merchant ship that's carrying two new pilots set to serve there. This ship is the Diligent. Uh, The two pilots on their way to this other Confederate ship are Blair and Marshall, Freddie Prinze Jr. and Matthew Lillard, respectively. And that is all I know them as. Neither of them have the kind of dignity that one would associate with a a pilot. And that's like that's my my big issue with them as characters um, and their performances. As a result, is that like this is something that like as a director should have been seen as like this is too loose. But they are fucking children. They, have, they yeah, yeah, They Have none of the bearing of military
0: officers. It's like you know we've we've seen like soldiers cut loose in sure. film and in real life. You know we've seen. Um, I mean, it, 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 just because you're in the army doesn't mean you can't be infantile. Absolutely not. And you get, that can happen. But there but, are there are ways
1: to portray that that are... You You look at Battlestar Galactica, the, the yes. sci-fi series. Or, I mean, Top Gun, even. I mean, these are... Even when they are silly, they are still
0: trained officers yes. with a... They still know what they're doing, and when it comes to the work, they'll get it done. Yeah, there's a bearing and a dignity that... Yeah, yeah. Like, imagine... Basically, imagine this. Because let's face it, they're not acting outside of type. So just imagine Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard in Top Gun. And then you'll see how bad it is. I say this as a fan of Matthew Lillard. Oh my like, god. I think
1: he's great. That actually that, you know what, if, if they had decided to do a mid-90s reboot <laughs> of Top Gun and cast them instead of making this, that could have been a pretty damn good movie. Matthew Lillard could do Goose.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He could do goose. Now Yeah. Well, okay, I'll say this. this Matthew Lillard as it's Matthew Lillard as Matthew Lillard. Like doing the roles he got at the time.
1: This is the Scream character.
0: Yeah. That he plays. Scream. This is the hacker's character. Yeah, it is him being goofy and and just not basically the kind of guy who would have been shivved in the shower by his own co pilot. Right. In training. He
1: wouldn't have got this far. No, he absolutely would have washed out before becoming an officer.
0: It's just I can't see it. He's an officer. He's a lieutenant. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's not, it's not right. Um, so, Blair also has this weird cross thing that he feels this need to keep hidden. Um, and the captain of this merchant vessel is the Salty Taggart. Um, now, Blair gets tasked by Talwyn in this message that he sent uh, with delivering an encrypted message chip to the captain of the Tiger Claw, which is this one Confederate vessel that they're on their way to. And uh, so when asked why he's doing this, Talwyn reveals that, oh, well, he'd served with Blair's father during the Pilgrim Wars. Uh, Pilgrims? Keep, keep Pilgrim in your head, because God knows you're going to hear it a lot.
0: Yeah, um, invented for the film. Yeah, this like, is... brand new, introduced here. Nothing to do with the games. Um, so, Taggart orders them to take a shortcut to get to the Tiger's Claw
1: faster, which uh, requires giving coordinates to the computer that the computer doesn't like, but he orders it anyway and then goes off to his private quarters, only to be intruded upon by Blair, who admires some of Taggart's antique star charting tools... And so Taggart returns the favor by getting all up in Blair's personal shit and brings up the cross.
0: This and is Matthew Lillard and Freddie Prince Jr., right?
1: No, this is. Uh, I,
0: you, I don't know the name. I don't know the character name. Sorry,
1: Blair is Freddie Prince Jr. There we
0: go. And
1: and Ed Taggart is Salty Sea Dog.
0: Right, right, right. right. Yeah, so it's like even though you you say who they are, and I've seen the film. To answer the person on, who commented last time, he said, I don't watch him, right? But I, my brain has a lot. It's got to remember, listeners. It doesn't need and will never need to remember the name of the character Matthew Lillard played in Wing Commander. Which is it Marshall. Just knows, which is Marshall. It just knows Matthew Lillard was in it, folks. Well, th- I'm th- sorry th- about that.
1: Matthew Lillard looks a little bit like Marshall Mathers. Right. I've created a mnemonic device for you.
0: There we go. So when you say Marshall, he looks a he looks a bit like Marshall Mathers. <laughs> All right. And I'll go with it. And and, and yeah. And and so, Taggart is is the French.
1: Yes, Taggart's the guy,
0: the salty French guy. Yeah. Uh, so, and Tiger- Blair is Freddie Prince Jr., who was also in the recent Blair Witch film as the Blair Witch. Was so, he? yeah. Oh, no. okay. No, not at all.
1: <laughs> well, it's just, you know, it's so hard to remember anything Freddie Prince Jr. did after he married Sarah Michelle Geller.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard to remember anything Freddie Prince Jr. did that wasn't marrying Sarah Michelle Right. Right, and, and really. At least for me. I mean, he didn't have. He was a name I kept hearing in the '90s, but never really saw anything of his stuff. And I'd have really retired cared for his career, right? Yeah,
1: like yeah. At that point, I'd have just stopped. I'd be like, "I'm good." Let's see.
0: Let's see what he's, he's up to right now, shall we? Let's have a look. Who's your caddy, too? <laughs> let's move on. So, um,
1: anyway, Taggart brings up Blair's cross and asks to see it, and then laments the fall of the Pilgrims.
0: <laughs>
1: An alarm goes off because Marshall thought they should be going faster than they were. Um, that's that's Matthew Lillard. Uh, he's yeah. unaware... I got it now. ...that the beacon that they're traveling to has this gravity well that's going to suck the ship in and kill them all if it's approached too quickly. Uh, but... Uh, they they slow down in time, and then the navcom fails, and and then Blair is able to successfully plot the jump correctly without the help of the AI. And oh my God, wow! What incredible talent! It's like he he's has some really kind good of innate at gift.
0: Yeah, he's good at flying spaceships. It's a it's a class <laughs> racial trait on his on his D and D character Oh, fuck
1: off they arrive at the tiger claw and blair <laughs> delivers the encrypted message on mini disc by the way
0: mm mm-hmm. mhm futuristic mini disc
1: that that technology was going to
0: going to last hundreds of years guys all right uh, now let's let's for our younger listeners a <laughs> mini disc was a disc that had data on it it was smaller than a cd okay now a cd <laughs> was called a compact disc. This preceded the floppy... Right, a floppy disc. <laughs> I said preceded. That fucked that joke up. Uh, CD-ROM came after you. Yeah, yeah. You're after well, your floppy. Wing Commander
1: was one of the first games to really take advantage of compact discs in
0: video yeah, games. Yeah, that's true. Um, basically, think... Uh, just to truncate this, everything I just said, think of flash drives, but... Bigger and flatter. Well, they were like mini laser
1: discs, more than anything. But they they could store a pretty incredible yeah. amount of data for when they came out. I had a mini disc player.
0: I thought mm. it was great.
1: I, I used it in lieu of a um, a, a, like a flash storage MP3 player for years because they could store way more. Because flash wasn't as cheap as it is now. Yeah, um, mini disc was good tech. You could record directly from a source onto it. Like, if you liked audio gizmos, it was pretty hot shit. Um, but, yeah, it was not going to last 500 years. It, <laughs> it, barely, it barely lasted until 2005. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Blair gets... Uh... Oh, right. Okay, so the ship's commander, uh, Gerald, makes a, a thing about Blair's parentage, noting that Blair's father married a pilgrim. And so that's why this whole pilgrim thing is so important, you see. Because Blair is half, half pilgrim. And then Gerald gets a little racist about it before Captain Sansky uh smooths things over a little yeah, bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a very it's it's one of those forced we we we're going to do a story about racism but we're not going to actually talk about racism. We're going to make it up and then do some really surface-level interpretations of what racism is in a cartoony manner. Yeah, we're gonna... Sh- one of them situations. Yeah,
1: it's, it's, one of, it's really what it boils down to is we can't trust you because you are from a, a group of people who once worked with us, really. I mean that's really what it comes down to.
0: Yes. Yeah. All,
1: but also, you might have some weird, like, religious or... Other belief system stuff that differentiates you from us and therefore that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think they, they say it, say it actually really just sort of just they just lay it all out on the table in this scene when uh the guy who's who is it? It's um up, Gerald. Bastards, Gerald basically oh, fuck, says they don't fuck. think like us.
0: Sorry, that's gonna I accidentally clicked on a video that was about me. Oh, yeah, I happen. was trying to look up something about Winkermilder on my phone because it would be less disruptive than doing it on the computer and my keyboard going. Right, right. But yeah. I had a Reddit thread open and it, I clicked the video by mistake. Sorry, carry on.
1: Right, yeah, no. That, that, so that's like it comes right as like just right, it comes right out and says they don't think like us, you know, implying that there is a like a foundational, fundamental difference between <laughs> these.
0: And two if you people. missed, if you missed the offhand reference to the Pilgrim War at the beginning.
1: Which is so, like,
0: just well, and there's there's. Even it's one, very easy to miss. I did there's even so my one entire... in that that like
1: timeline. There's a reference to the pilgrims in the sort of audio clip timeline that flies right past. Yeah, and it's just like it, it doesn't. It, this is it's another example of it not being able to earn uh, earn this narrative that they're setting up uh, because it, it takes them a little too long to get into the pilgrims stuff. And if I'm honest, it's a little too Jedi. For all of the concern about not wanting this film to be misconstrued with Star Wars. Yeah. They made Star Wars.
0: Well, it's, they made Star Wars by way of Battlestar Galactica by way of Top Gun. Yes. Like, it is all three of those films, basically. Yeah. It's a trifecta. Yeah,
1: although um, although in fairness, the Battlestar Galactica stuff is. I mean, we're, we're 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 thinking of new Battlestar Galactica, which didn't exist as of the time of this. No, no. And old well, Battlestar I mean, Galactica is uh, a very very different beast.
0: Apparently, uh, old Battlestar Galactica uh, certainly in some, like it's been name dropped as potential influences. Well, and I could see that because there is that sort yeah. of. I mean, it, here's although a, interestingly i uh, just, uh, again, sorry to cut in, but interestingly, one of the facts I have makes this movie even more uh, closely connected thematically to the new Battlestar Galactica that came out long after this. Oh? There actually is a, a, a potential plot thing. What? Uh, that that was, and, and especially because there's a bit that I don't think you know, Conrad. You might do. I might. But there is, there is a bit to it that is so new Battlestar. That it, it's if it had been part of this film, I may have wanted if the new Battlestar people had watched this and somehow been influenced by it.
1: Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, I, well, here's, here's the thing that I think it's. Well, okay, we'll, will get to it because there's a better point yeah. at which to talk about. But the this. point
0: I was trying to make was that if you were like me and you missed those re- easy to miss references to the Pilgrim War, because when I start a movie, I'm instantly also doing all the other stuff I have to do first thing in the morning, which I know frustrates one listener, and I'm sorry about that, but I do sometimes miss things when they're offhandedly referenced like this, until you get to a scene where the, the sole basis in your mind for the prejudice is they don't think like us. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a flimsy... Hey, even in-universe, knowing the other references, that that is his excuse, is still the flimsiest prop-up for a racist belief I've ever seen. Which, to be fair, actual racists do say things like that. Yeah, there's so. some
1: pretty flimsy shit out there. That's, yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah.
0: yeah. But for a movie, for a movie racist, you normally expect more.
1: A little more. Just a little justification be nice. You know, uh, my, 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 my mother was killed by pilgrims.
0: Something like that They normally do something like that In a movie context They don't think like us is such a letdown of a line <laughs> That's basically what it comes down to It just leaves you thinking Is there Is there more to that? <laughs> like Even if you know Even if you've seen the references to the Pilgrim War at the beginning It's not like it says much about what the Pilgrims did No it doesn't
1: It, it doesn't really
0: explain It's just much called the Pilgrim, the Pilgrim War
1: Yeah Yeah
0: uh, whatever. All we need to know, and all the movie cared about letting us know was, Pilgrims are treated poorly. So Basically.
1: exploring the flight deck of the Tiger Claw, Blair gets into a raptor, one of the ships, the little fighters that they have, um, and starts playing make-believe when he's humiliated by a woman in overalls uh, through a discussion about dogfight strategy. Uh, it turns out she's his commanding officer, uh, Devereaux, callsign yeah. Angel.
0: And she has no command, like, in terms of presence. None. It's so hard to believe she's a commander.
1: Well, and it's as evidenced by the fact that nobody seems to take her seriously when she gives
0: orders. No. Yeah, she is undermined, and when she gives the orders, she sounds so not confident in anything she's saying. Which actually subscribes a lot uh, subscribes actually describes a lot of people in charge in this film. There's a lot Very of Very few of them. Yeah, they don't look like like her especially. There's almost there's like a waver in her voice mm mm-hmm. that that just doesn't have when you expect a, like an S.O. in a in a film that there's an actual presence in the voice a command. Uh, she's not a, not a bad actress. She she didn't do a bad performance. It's just she's not the wrong she's not the right performer for this role. Well, and there could be a
1: narrative reason for this performance that doesn't come across. I, I can I can see where as a filmmaker you want this character to have a a later like she because you find later that this character has suffered a loss.
0: Yeah, And it, yeah.
1: and this but, could, you know, that, that, that sort of lack of confidence could result from that.
0: It wasn't. And it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't earn that. It wasn't. Yeah. I mean, because here's the thing. Here's how a normal film does that. You, you keep the character as a hard ass. And then there is a scene where they reveal that, that right. they're not as confident as they project. But yes. she doesn't project anything. She doesn't project She's anything She's just always at all. in that pa- more passive mode. Yeah, thing. yeah, and it just looks like a—it a, looks like a bad performance. That's all it looks like. Right. Yeah. And I, if, I, I, if,
1: I, yeah. And I'm saying that that is a failure. It is still a failure uh, to have attempted it because it didn't succeed, and I, I don't think it was the right approach. But I can see why someone might attempt such an approach.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I just think that approach is beyond this film. Yes. I don't think they were going for that. Well, I think that's
1: too. There's a, it seems like there's a lot of attempt in this to make what should have been a loud movie with a bunch of explosions have depth.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, I don't know. I think he gives it too much credit to assume that sh- her performance was deliberate. Right, no, I, I'm saying, and I don't think it's deliberate.
1: I don't. I think it's a failure. <laughs> I think it's a failure. But if I wanted to cloak it...
0: Well, that's it. If we if we wanted, I mean, we can do that with anything, though. Yeah, I suppose you're right. You know, Matthew Lillard. Well, no, his, I, think, his I think the dad Matthew Lillard paid thing is also very deliberate too. And the it's
1: just they didn't rein it in appropriately. Yeah, I think they wanted to show you know the Matthew Lillard character having this big you know growing up moment, having you know becoming a uh, dynamic character who mm-hmm. learns to mm-hmm. you know take responsibility and uh, and not endanger the lives of the people around him. Uh, Can I be
0: honest? Can I be, like, cards on the table honest? Sure. I don't want to talk about this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to have that conversation we just had. I don't want to have the conversation we've been having for the past 50 minutes. What happens next in the film?
1: Uh, (laughs) So, Rose is commanding officer, is Blair's commanding officer, and and she sort of gives him a hard time for being in this... uh, plane but marshall yeah. rescues him and they head to beat the other pilots in the lounge and marshall ingratiates himself by uh, making up for his irritating personality by offering them all scotch and then blair screws all of that up by recounting the story of him sitting in the raptor co- cockpit and, and by naming its pilot unknowingly breaches some understanding between the pilots that they don't talk about their dead so there. Uh, Captain Sansky meets with Taggart about the orders he's received Hang on, I'm and questions there. Back. What? Hello. Hello.
0: Yeah. Uh. So I realized I was playing with random shit on my desk again, and I left my fiddle, uh, fidget cube in the other room because <laughs> my, my my fingers get fidgety when I'm recording podcasts, and it'll lead to me playing with a knife and hurting myself because uh, I will just idly grab at things. So sure. I just need that under the desk just to. It won't do that the whole time. I I play with the quiet bits when I'm
1: recording. (laughs) So Sansky, the captain of the Tiger Claw, meets with Taggart about the orders that he's received and questions their authenticity. Uh, And Taggart produces this ring that Gerald just accepts as proof that Talwood trusts him.
0: Yeah, now this scene in which David Suchet... David Suchet's in this. For British people, they'll know who he is. fucking plays uh, Agatha Christie's Poirot. He is Poirot. He's in this film. As some ship's captain who seems to think that a dude's ring is su- sufficient ID. I
1: Okay, he's the admiral of the fleet, I get that, and he seems to know that the ring has been in his family for 16 generations, so, like, why would this other guy have it unless this guy...
0: Tri- but, I mean, it's... There are so many ways in which some other dude could have exactly. a man's ring. Yeah. Many of them criminal and worrisome. <laughs> If this ring never leaves this dude's hand, I'd be very worried if someone I don't know who seems to have no rank or low rank or or what—he's he's a civilian. Yeah, yeah. Just some dude shows up with this ring that says this man's dead, but I've got his ring, so trust me. But he's not even dead. This man's not here, <laughs> and you can't talk to him right now. But I've got his ring, so trust me yeah Yep, yeah, that's it rubbish we you're in a you're in the far future you've got fucking mini discs for god's <laughs> sake surely there's a better way the man was recording himself <laughs> sent a recording sent a little voice message well, with, he, why, with
1: Taggart! Why wouldn't Talwin mention that, hey, you know... Well, he, Talwin does mention to use Taggart in his message. Ugh, <sighs> fuck this movie. So they plot a route to the kill. This is
0: where fleet. my second fact was going to come in, Jesus Christ. Uh, they plot a, a route to the Kurati fleet, which despite
1: objection that it's unsafe to jump to a Quasar, Taggart says he can get them there in time. Now, Marshall tries to convince Blair to to stop wearing his pilgrim cross in an effort to allow him to get along better with the other crew on the ship before he goes out on a patrol with Forbes, um, the African-American woman in the film. Okay. I'm just saying, you know... That's a way of putting it. Well, we managed to land two diversity quotas in one person, is what I'm saying.
0: I actually, honestly, though, I like her. she's good. I like her. She she is... The only character I liked. Yeah. She's, she's good. I'm not only complaining character. about
1: her presence. I'm, I'm just pointing it out. Because she's going to have to fall into a trope later.
0: Yeah, yeah, true, true. But yeah, yeah, definitely uh, in terms of, of performances, uh, I think it's her and David Warner who are the only ones not phoning anything in. Yep, And, and competent at the same time. Yes. Uh, yeah, in terms of actually being a character as well. She's good at what she does and is not a complete fuckwit. Does, yeah, doesn't take shit. She's clever in ways Marshall is not. Yes.
1: Uh, yeah, no, fine. good character, which is all the more reason to kill her later. Yeah, all the more reason to get rid of her quickly. <sighs> all right, so uh, they de- Forbes and Marshall debate the inheritability of the sexes in piloting. Which is an, a, a weird conversation.
0: But i guess, very. It made me cringe the whole exchange.
1: Yeah, it's really, really awkward and like. But but boy, what a bleak future! Five hundred years from now, we're still talking about this.
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh, they've they probably gone through their like fifty eighth Game of Gate by this point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so they they pull these some crazy stunt shit, landing back on the Tiger Claw. And this pisses off Devereaux. So Forbes later has to smooth things over with her by sharing what we apt to, I guess, assume is Marshall Scotch. Uh, and then reveals that she's kind of sexually into that lanky twit.
0: Um, How or why? Never explain. That's the biggest plot point for me. Why does she want to fuck him? Yeah. Why does she want to fuck that annoying bastard? I mean, Matthew Lillard, handsome enough. But when he's behaving that way, I wouldn't. No. Blair goes and talks to Taggart
1: about the Pilgrims, and so we finally get to learn a little bit about them. Uh, They were the early explorers of space who, over this 500-year period, developed an innate ability to navigate by sensing magnetic forces in space.
0: So they're they're magic pilots.
1: The Pilgrims eventually determined themselves superior to other humans, and this led to the Pilgrim War. Uh, Taggart believes that the Pilgrims were touched by God, and Malcolm that... McDowell
0: didn't play that bloke, by the way. No. He's, he's only made two appearances, which made me laugh, because his first appearance is the Wing Commander film, and his last appearance is Wing Commander the movie, which made me laugh until I worked out Wing Commander the movie was a novelization. But until then, it was like they'd written two things to make him, <laughs> his character look more important. He was played by a man called Ken Bones, huh. which makes him, like... It's like he's Ken Bone, right. the the meme man, but more. And hmm. what I meant by that, I don't either. I I hate. Oh. Oh, fuck.
1: So the Tiger Claw attempts to jump to the Quasar, following Taggart's sort of weird route and overriding the uh, Navcom AI. And the jump is so rough that it calls for a 3D camera shot. No. Ah! Yeah. Um, And then they make it. The ship goes quiet and sends a uh, pair of raptors out to...
0: In a rare twist, something works as planned. Yeah, that's the last time, I think.
1: Um, They send a couple of raptors to investigate uh, the nearby asteroid field piloted by Blair and Devereaux. And uh, as they're exploring through, they find debris from the lost space station earlier in the film and a Kilrathi Command communications ship. Oh, bollocks. So they try to hide from it, but the ship observes them, causing them to ignore their orders to remain hidden, and they engage it in combat, fail to destroy it. Quickly realize that they're outmatched, and they retreat to the Tiger Claw. Now, they get reprimanded for defying orders and and letting be known their presence in the sector. And Gerald again raises these sort of anti-Pilgrim suspicions uh, regarding Blair, suggesting that he might be sabotaging, sabotaging the mission due to his uh, parentage. Uh, Sansky decides, the, the, this is the captain, I, I gotta make sure, yeah. he decides to eliminate the communication ship in an effort to slow the advance of the Kilrathi fleet um, against the objections of Taggart, uh, who he orders to accompany the strike group.
0: This episode's a shit show.
1: It really is. <laughs> uh, Blair goes to Devereaux to clear the air about his pilgrim history because now she's, I guess, a little suspicious of him, having learned this pilgrim thing. I, uh...
0: Yeah, like here's one thing to to think about in this. In normally in a movie, the, there's the one racist who's who we hate because he's racist, and the other characters like. They understand we live in a world of prejudice, but even if the world is, like, 99% racist, our core characters happen to be the cosmopolitan ones who are more accepting. But in this film, even the best friend of the main protagonist is telling him to hide his shit. Is telling him, dude, I don't want this to be a thing.
1: Yeah, dude, I, Please know, be ashamed I know that of who that's who you, not are. You,
0: but... Even the protagonist is arguing on the grounds that he's not a pilgrim. Even though he says at one point that he wears the thing because that's who he is. Even he will deny his own heritage to make a point later in the film. He points out his mother was a, a, a pilgrim, but that his dad was a pilot and risked his well, he's life he's actually doing it, it right yeah d- he's
1: doing it right now to to blair in this scene uh he's really only carries it for luck that's it, it, not who he
0: is that's it like like everyone including the half pilgrim is racist against pilgrims in this in this universe it's amazing and again just a perfect example of how you can see them going for something and just fucking it up yeah
2: Because in this
0: universe, it's it's there's uh, a people being there's this character being unfairly discriminated against, but everyone, including the guy being discriminated against, gets it. Yeah, it's like on some level, it's okay.
1: I guess like this pilgrim war is supposed to still be an open wound or something.
0: Yeah, and. I mean, uh, again, another film would have established like maybe there was a ceasefire, some sort of peace. Well, Pilgrims and, and, are being integrated more into you know whatever this society is, and the seems to there. suggest
1: that they're all but wiped out.
0: Why are they? I
1: yeah, I know. And if they're if they're nearly wiped, so then what? Is this like is this now a minority threat? Like you're you're worried about guerrillas? You know, just like, well, you've destroyed my war... culture.
0: More to the point, if the war is still raging... No, I think it's a different you... war. Well, if, 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 if... You have to if remember the war that this is
1: before our perpetual war uh, yeah. society brought on post-9-11. So, yeah, like, this was I still know. at a time when stories were being written in which wars could end.
0: I know. Please, you got to let me finish a train of thought, because I... Every time you talk, you open up new trains of thought, and my brain can't hold them all. Uh, so the war with the Pilgrims versus, I guess, I'm just going to call them the fucking Galactic Federation. Sure. The war between the Pilgrims and the Federation is over? I think so, yes. and It's and, over. Yes, and the, the Confederate soundly defeated
1: the Pilgrims.
0: By all, by, basically, more or less, genocide? committing genocide. <laughs> yeah, we came to the same conclusion at the same time. Yeah, they basically wiped them out. Right. They say all but so yeah, maybe a few. But base as a species, as a culture, they're gone. But that's not really a war ending. That's not peace. Technically, no. as far as I can make out, while pilgrims still breathe, they are still at some sort of war or conflict. I don't think any military organization outside of this incompetent one would let him wear that. I can't imagine, no. That would be like even like in that like even during the early years of peace. Between the Allied nations and Germany, that would be like a U.S. fighter pilot like wearing German heraldry, and and and, and, and the war, or just a straight up swastika. I don't know how racist the Pilgrims were,
1: uh, and, and 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 the war. I mean, we're talking ended. It had to have ended sometime, I would think, within the last, well, w- w- within
0: Fre- uh, Freddie Prince Jr.'s lifetime. Certainly, the wounds are raw enough that there are people alive around his age that seem really pissed off at the pilgrims.
1: Well, his parents died when he was five. Right? Yeah. Now, it's not expressly stated that one or both of them. It's not expressly stated that they died at the same time. That
0: seems to be the implication. Yeah, but well, he died trying to save her, so. Did he? You know. Yeah, yeah, he does say that at one point. Okay.
1: Ugh.
0: Yeah, I honestly it's not worth trying to work I, out. I know,
1: I know it's not, and yet it's there. And like my It brain is there. Wants to Oh, I get it. Put it together in a way that makes no, sense. Yeah. Like
0: I need I need a rational explanation. It's like right now we've probably got listeners who are like I don't care about any of this. Why are you doing this to us? And it's it's just the thoughts are now in my head and i i they're really upsetting me as to how this works i mean it's almost like they kind of introduced a plot into a movie without thinking about it just to have something
1: it it, it well it is almost like well just to have something different even or, or or i mean or because because they wanted to say like something about racism
0: i don't know i mean maybe it was Maybe it was the writer saying well Star Wars doesn't have this but it and does then it has the it. Jedi. Well it has the Jedi but it doesn't have the you know the actual racial tension thing. No, but it does because the Jedi were all but wiped out by the empire. No, I get that. I get that. I I was I was trying to do a goof it don't matter now. <laughs> Can we just get through this fucking plot? Yes. All right. I'm I'll be honest again like I I feel like I'm genuinely angry. <laughs> and it's not even like the film's that bad. We've watched worse. This ain't Pixels. No, it's, it's this not. This ain't Pixels. But for some reason now, the more I'm thinking about this and talking about, I'm getting genuinely upset. So we learned
1: from Devereux that she's cold because her lover was the pilot of the Raptor that Blair had casually hopped into earlier. And she's kind of dealing with that loss. Uh, but confirms yeah. to Blair that she believes that he saved her life in the whole exchange with the Kilrathi ship.
0: Yeah. And uh, God, God, do I not want to fucking bring some stuff up again? Do I not want to sidetrack us again? I'm so sorry for this, but there was an earlier scene that's got to be brought up and, and, and talked about because they have a rule, and I don't know if this is in the whole oh, Federation yeah, or casu- just I, this ship.
1: I did casually sort of mentioned this. I know you did. They have this policy that once someone's dead, they pretend that they never existed.
0: And can I just say how, like, dangerous, wrong, psychologically ill-advised, and probably illegal that is. Yeah. Like, that is one of the worst ideas I've ever heard. That is worse than the charge of the Light Brigade in terms of things done in the military. That is awful. That is, aw- that is so demoralizing. Yeah. Never mind this, oh, they don't want to be reminded they're going to die. The empty plane that nobody talks about, that's worse. That's traumatizing. Let's He's just my- look at these empty planes that no one talks about. More and more of them every day. My, ghost my ships. Is, those ships,
1: all right. They're assigned to people. They, like this is the thing that kind of weirded me out about. It. This character died, How did
0: this character die? Where are they getting the funds to build a new plane every time they have to replace a pilot? Right, but no, I but keep more, calling them planes. How because is that played in the dock, And this character is dead. In the dark, open, ready for action, functional. Yeah. How Maybe that's what go- they do. Like. They pretend they're still in function. And they have engineers work on them every day thinking, this isn't psychologically scarring me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just working on the dead guy's ships again. Right, but okay, so it was,
1: it was recent enough that they hadn't taken that pilot's name off the ship yet. Right? That he was dead. Meaning that the repair, any repairs that would have been necessary to get that ship functional again probably would not have taken long... I want to yeah. know what was the cause of death of this pilot. Then,
0: were they not? Well, in we a weren't, no, they won't action? talk about it. They they fight club anyone who dies. <laughs> but again, the fact his name tags on it isn't an indication that it's anything like is recent with it or anything. Because again, that might just feed into my theory that they pretend they're alive and they're just keeping the ship. That's so. That's so. That's yeah. so bleak. I mean, part of the reason why. Um, You know, they might have been so pissed when he brought up the guy's name. Is that they're like, how could his ship be there? Like it's it's docked right now because he's on vacation. Wouldn't
1: be there. It wouldn't be their ship. It'd be someone else's
0: ship. No, no, they'd they'd scrub it and replace it. Right. Instead, they're building a new ship every time they hire somebody, and letting the old ones rust, or 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 paying engineers to keep them in perfect working order (laughs) to maintain this illusion that they're alive. They have conversations with invisible pilots all the time on that shit. And some of them, have, some of them like that weird experiment some people did where they tried to invent a ghost, they started believing it so much it was real in their minds.
1: Forbes and Marshall hit the sheets <laughs> before being called to join the strike group. Why would you fuck him?
0: Yeah, that's another thing as well. They just, they don't build up to this. They meet, Shh. they are instantly attracted to each other and then they fuck.
1: Well, they go on that one date where they go, you know, fly around and talk That's true. About... They
0: endanger their lives outside in different ships. Yeah. Come back, that's enough chemistry to just fuck <laughs> right now. And that's fine. I mean, if, if two people are mutually attracted and want to fuck each other, um, that's fine. That happens all the time. Um, you know, hookups happen. But in in a film where you expect plot development and character progression... Once again, it's not what you expect. And that's not in a good, ah, we we fooled you by being unconventional. It's, no, it's just really bad writing. And and now they've established this
1: emotion. Like, it seems clear that they're establishing this strong emotional bond between these characters at this
0: point. Because the, well, the they're love scene is written that way. And this is a yeah. PG-13 movie. So. Yeah, well, this is post-coitness when we catch up with them. And. They are, they're, they're, the way they are together and interacting implies a kind of, almost like a like a boyfriend-girlfriend in that sort of younger boyfriend-girlfriend-y, tee-hee-hee situation. A kind of relationship
1: no that seems out of boundaries for their situation.
0: Yeah, there's These nothing are people about it feels
1: That the people that they care about who have died do not exist. Yet they so easily form these emotional connections.
0: Yeah. And let me just right now for the record say that when I say this doesn't feel right and that we're criticizing how unbelievable and bad this relationship is, it's not because he's white and she's black. No. Before Forbes and Marshall
1: can go for another round, uh, they're called to join the strike group and... uh, Blair's wig man has a problem with him being a pilgrim, so Devereaux has Blair fly on her wing instead. And as the strike group approaches the Kilrathi ships, Taggart orders the group to turn back, saying that the lack of defensive ships suggests that Tiger, you know the, the Tiger Claw is at risk. You know, like, oh, God, you know, where are all of the enemy vessels that we expected to be here? If they're not here, maybe they're finding our ship, and that's the, the thinking. Uh, And in doing so, he reveals that he's a secret intelligence officer and not a civilian. So, you know, I mean, I don't. Why did he give him the ring? Like, if it was this easy to prove his rank and position in the military to these pilots... Why didn't he need Admiral Talwin's ring? Ah, uh,
0: because cuz that's not that... less that's not more convincing. I don't no, think. I've got a reason for this, actually. I, I actually that was a different scene. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That all was a different All right. Scene. All right. It was a different it. scene. It needed different things to happen.
1: So but, so then that hmm, All right. I thought it might relate to, like, a deleted subplot. For some... There's there some reason he had to do it this way. It's to, I don't know.
0: I mean, that, that could also be part of it, but for the purposes of the, the, the film they cut together, right. different scene didn't matter. Okay.
1: Um... Bitch, yeah, it's just so incongruous.
0: Nothing that happens in in any previous scene is canon, necessarily, <laughs> with any scene you are currently watching in Wing Commander.
1: Um... So they they turn back and the Tiger Claw is indeed under attack and the strike team returns in time to save the day with Tiger striking the killing blow on a Kilrathi battleship and destroying it, which gives the Tiger Claw a chance to escape. There are some casualties, though. Captain Sansky is injured and uh, we presume dead because he's never again seen in the film. Uh, I think he was intended to be in it later. Like, I, I think uh, that from things minor. that I read, he was intended to survive and played like a role in the plot later on. Um, but they dropped that plot. So, um, meanwhile, Marshall and Forbes ignore their orders to return to the Tiger Claw and instead try to one up each other in fighting some Rothi. Marshall's stunt damages Forbes' ship, and she's unable to eject. And despite a valiant effort, she's unable to fly her damaged ship all the way to the landing bay. And believing she must be dead at this point, her ship is pushed off the landing run to clear the way for the rest of the fighters in the strike group, while Marshall impotently wails. Uh, So, I mean, it was really important for them to build up that emotional connection five minutes ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like, build up an emotional connection five minutes ago... So that we can have the payoff straight away.
1: Right. It, it's a,
0: a lot of these movie writers, like, are suckers and make things way harder for themselves by spending whole films developing emotional connections. Like, what an idiot. What idiot does that? All you gotta do is say, like, they're fucking now. One of them's dead. Now they're sad. And
1: if they're fucking and it's a PG-13 movie, they must be in love.
0: Yeah, they're in love. They, they fucked. They love each other. She's dead. Character motivation. <laughs> Boom. Life hack. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do a new thing on the Jimquisition called life hacks. Yeah, That's one of them. That's, that's
1: one of the... I, I've never heard of this, actually, this life hack. That is a, that's a really great... So you can hack your life.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. According to BuzzFeed and similar websites. Huh. You hack your life by doing things that make them easy.
1: Wow. And here I thought... Hacking was a totally unrelated type of of activity. No, no.
0: Uh, Anything's a hack now because it sounds cool. Hey, Uh, you. Are you tired of those blisters and weeping sores on the soles of your feet? Life hack. Wear shoes. (laughs) When you go out, wear shoes. Life hack.
1: And and, uh, I don't think that they effectively play up the urgency that the um, Tiger Claw has indeed to escape from this situation in this I just hate
0: that it's called Tiger Claw because it makes me think of Bear Claws and then I don't take it seriously as a name because I'm just imagining a big bit of pastry floating about.
1: It makes me think of Sagat from Street Fighter, so.
0: That too. Either way, either way, you you don't want to see a giant Bear Claw or a giant cigat floating about (laughs) in space. (laughs) No, no. Both
1: situations, very, very bad.
0: Because you know where the the ships are going to fly out of Sagat. Oh his yeah, butthole, or his knobhole. But uh, depending like, on how big he is.
1: The the the
0: conflict,
1: like the struggle that
0: the humans are
1: facing in this particular scene here, where we kill off Forbes. You know, this is the the black character that we like. Fuck yeah. it. I hate that. But anyway. Uh, the, the struggle that we're supposed to be observing and the emotional conflict that they're, they're having is they need to escape, which means getting all of their strike ships back into the landing bay. And her sort of wrecked vessel is in the way of that. And they don't know if she's alive or dead. And it would take too much fucking time for them to send someone to look at the goddamn cockpit and or pull her out, I guess, than to just take a bulldozer, a slow fucking moving bulldozer, I might add, mm-hmm. to just push the wreckage off? Couldn't the guy in the bulldozer just, you know,
0: pop quick peek?
1: Seems like it would look. take like 30 seconds.
0: I, I mean, maybe it just plays into, again, just how how bad an idea it is that they instantly forget someone when they're dead. It's like they don't even bother trying to Trying to find bodies or perform first aid on a body. It's in. Th- Sometimes they've seen someone asleep, assumed they were dead, stopped talking to them, and then when that person wakes up, wonder what they did to make them a social pariah. Well, they and they know, yeah, die cause... alone, forgotten. And nobody knows
1: who they are now. No. Like, everybody here pretends that they never existed. And so now they just wander the halls. Mm hmm. Of the ship, I bet that there is a whole underclass mm. that's now like living secretly
0: in the holds, the forgotten ones. <laughs> and you know what else they're known as? The pilgrims. <laughs> Twist. The pilgrims are the dead pilots who weren't dead, and also they were terminators. Uh,
1: so they uh, they throw her off the side of the ship. And uh, they Get go rid of hide. That. Uh, they go hide in an asteroid crater. Uh, yes. The Tiger Claw does. And attempts to lure the, cl- the rest of the Kilrathi fleet away with a drone that they fire. And it seems to work. Though there's a destroyer that still drops a few nukes through the asteroid field just to be safe. And that causes some additional damage to the yeah. Tiger Claw. When, when,
0: when do they have to be really quiet? That's uh, in this scene. In this scene. Okay. Fact, 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 of Fact Dun, 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 dun. When the time and again, this is one I've written pretty much how it was written on Amazon X-Ray. Okay. Mm hmm. When the tiger claw is hiding from the Kilrathi, they are told to be very quiet. Sound does not travel in space, so the crew could blare rock music from every speaker at full volume, and the Kilrathi wouldn't hear it even if their ship were five feet away. And that was yes. written basically word for word on the fact. Not enough I... to just say sound doesn't travel in space. They had to editorialize to the to the point of sarcasm. But this is this is
1: drawing attention to that is 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 a good thing because it also points to a fundamental difference between um, the approach to this world's guess, combat and, um, like, this is, a sub, this is a naval tale, right? Straight up, this is a naval tale. And I think oftentimes people, when they think of sci-fi, you know, shootery explosion, they think of Air Force, and they're two totally different like approaches. And in space, space is going to be a naval thing in reality. And you look at Battlestar Galactica; those are naval battles yes, that are yes. going on.
0: Naval battles, naval ranks—it's all very and, navally Right. And, but the
1: naval battle stuff can be not very interesting, and 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 it's hard to. they they're drawing a context here with this submarine shit that they're doing, to where they have to you know turn off their running lights basically. And it's so this but it's yes, they're wrong. It, that would be that would be true if they were a submarine in the ocean where 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 water could carry the sound waves. Mm-hmm. Um, not the case here. So it's, it's, naval stuff's really slow and that's part of the reason why this movie feels so slow.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cuz they, uh, they, well, they were like let's do Top Gun in space, but also it is shit. And yeah. like what you do on the water, so it, it won't be as exciting as Top Gun. But you know we've got David Suchet
1: So the uh, the there's more damage caused by this sort of nuke drop thing that the uh, Kilrathi do, and it uh, breaches the hull, and that threatens to suck Blair into space. Yeah. Uh, oh, nobody there, there moves to a, help him.
0: There was I didn't write this one down, but there was a snippy Amazon fact about how this wouldn't work either.
1: No, no. And that's true, but we see this, this is something we see enough times in space movies.
0: Oh yeah, the fact started with, well, it makes the scene more action-packed. Here's yeah. how it's wrong. Again, just just no, no patience for this film. shit, Amazon. Or IMDB, uh, whoever writes the facts. I know people say that you can see them elsewhere.
1: The, uh... Marshall ties a cable to himself. And uh, with the, I guess, reluctant help of the crew. Or not. I mean, they all seem to like, once he decides that he's gonna be the guy to actually risk something to save him, they're like, oh, all right, fine. We're into this.
0: Yeah, well, they can't all... wait to forget about this one. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just everyone can't fucking stand Marshall. Which, at this point, having killed Forbes.
0: Yeah. Having sense. killed the one competent person in the universe,
1: and I think I think I skipped over the part where, yeah, I, I skipped over the part where Devereaux like holds a gun in his face and nearly shoots him for insubordination.
0: Yeah, over and, and, getting her killed, and then said if he ever does something like that again, she will kill him. She will straight up murder him. And I, I would point out, and th- but that would be fine. She could was, murder yep. him. There'd be no trial or arrest it, because what? he he doesn't exist. Under
1: under military code, apparently she can anyway, because that was established when
0: she you know draws the gun. Um, but anyone could kill anyone for any reason. There'd be no murder investigation, right? Because how don't do you exist. invest? Yeah, how do you investigate the murder of someone who was never born?
1: Yeah, the thing that's really sad about that uh, holding the gun to his face seed is how poorly written it is, like, the dialogue. Because it, like, deflates at the end yeah. when she says, you know, she, she says, I think, uh, I will shoot you, which she should have she said, I will kill you. Like, there yeah. was just not enough emphasis delivered into the line.
0: And it is just her backing down, like, like. Again, in another film, in a normal film, that would be broken up by like a superior officer or something.
1: Yes, somebody Someone else would be would like, you know, that could prevent her from doing it.
0: Your character, stop doing that. And you—that's what they do. They, they, they go, don't point a gun at a person. I am the admiral. Rah, rah, rah. Don't point a gun at him. That's naughty behaviour. And then Marshall would relax a little bit, and then the Admiral would spin around and go, Don't think you're off the hook, Marshall! See me in my office! I'm to spank your little boy's bum! That's how the scene would go in a real film. Damn right.
1: (laughs) Uh, So Marshall does get Blair pulled back to safety. He winds up injured now, too. But he seems more upset about how he got Forbes killed. Shocking. Uh... Blair tries to comfort him with the whole they never existed thing and then Marshall oh my god Marshall becomes the moral center of the film who calls this out as bullshit. Why is he the smart character now? Um, like, because,
0: because again because, this scene has no canonical connection well, to
1: any other scene. The death of the person he was love, that he was in love with has given him wisdom through loss and mourning. See, this is what you call a dynamic character arc. He would have been down with that whole abandonment of of people thing, ultimately. He he risked falling into it, but then he experienced true loss. And he knows what that feels like, and he wouldn't give that up for the world because it would mean erasing the joy that he had. Yeah, Which,
0: which really speaks poorly as to how well this whole army gets along. Yep. That they're all normally fine with this role because none of them, I guess, become friends, like each other, I know think each you'd other. you have to
1: maintain that kind of emotional distance. If you, like, I, think, I think you'd have to be willing to pursue the path of sociopathy
0: if yeah. you
1: wanted to make this work.
0: I mean, for you to be able to just drop someone the moment they die, no... Not just be forget a they sociopath, didn't exist. because
1: that's statistically
0: unlikely that this many people are... You'd have to pursue it. Well, then again, it's statistically unlikely that you'd see this many incompetent people in one ship. But <laughs> laws of the universe don't necessarily apply to Ving Commander. Badly damaged and nearly out of fuel, Taggart suggests a
1: bold plan for the Tiger Claw to send over a crew to board the sh- board a Kilrathi ship and take its fuel cells. And it turns out that this particular Kilrathi ship just happens to be the command communications vessel from earlier. Oh, what wow. a coincidence. So when they take the ship and its fuel, they also find the stolen NAVCOM AI, which gives them then the jump coordinates to, uh, uh, that the Kilrathi fleet's going to use to reach Earth. If they can get the coordinates to Talwin, the fleet can ambush the Kilrathi as they come through but the drones on the Tiger Claw are damaged because nothing fucking works in the future.
0: Yep. Taggart
1: suggests that they send Blair to Talwin, saying that his pilgrim ability will allow him to navigate the jumps and revealing that he, too, is a pilgrim. So why can't he just fucking go?
0: Yeah. He's the more experienced and... uh, Yeah, you'd think. He knows what he's fucking doing. The film. The the Uh... film needed things. It just did. It just did what it needed to do.
1: Blair and Devereaux are sent off to perform this task. Fact, fact,
0: fact, 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 whatever. All right, another one written more or less the same as it was written. While generally unrealistic, one flaw (laughs) in space fighting is especially obvious. In several scenes, the fighters take off from the tiger claw like a modern jet plane would leave a fighter, uh, sort of, you know, one of the fighter... Like an
1: aircraft carrier?
0: Yeah. Aircraft carrier. Fly- I, I I missed a word out and then forgot what the word was. Carrier, obviously. So they take off like they would, including the slight drop when they leave the ship. <laughs> and that's, you know, gravity pulling the, sh- the, the plane yeah. down off a fighter carrier. That's but, such a nitpicky pedantic thing, but it's
1: absolutely fucking right. That is... Yeah, why would you do that?
0: They just finish it up since space has no gravity. They should just fly out smoothly in a straight line. So I do like that it's... It says that, on the whole, this film is total bollocks when it comes to space fighting. But here's the bit that really pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, yeah, very sleepy yeah. with, the, with their facts here. Uh, let's see. Right, so they,
1: they take off. Um, the tiger claw creates a distraction for any Kilrathi that would detect them. Um, Devereaux winds up taking a hit and her ship's disabled. But she orders Blair to leave her behind and complete the mission, knowing that she'll run out of air and die in about an hour. Blair makes the jump. And, but he does wind up observed by a Kilrathi capital ship, which gives pursuit. Yeah. Uh, I did the like
0: the t- scene when, when, when she said like to go and leave her and everything. I did like the bit where Blair... The only time where I felt real emotional connection to this was when he teary-eyed just looked at her and said, I will forget your sacrifice. It doesn't work as a thing. <laughs> Forgetting people who died doesn't work. Sorry, carry on. Uh,
1: the Tiger Claw takes out a couple of Kilrathi cruisers uh, in a in what I guess is supposed to be the epic space fight, <clears throat> the the big battle of the 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 big set piece battle,
0: the thing we've all been waiting for. Yeah. Uh,
1: it broadsides one of them. That's kind of badass. But it. Here's the thing. The space flight stuff, like the space combat stuff, actually looks pretty good. Yeah, although Especially, Amazon did like, say
0: it's generally unrealistic.
1: Well, yes, unrealistic, <laughs> but visually, particularly in the context of a film made in 1999,
0: it's solid. It's all right. It's all right, yeah. Yeah. You know, but
1: it's boring as
0: f- fuck. All yeah. of it. Which is a shame because this is. You know, one of the very, 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 very few times we see villains, or at least their ships. Right. Like, we see an antagonist being antagonistic. We see them do that at the beginning. We see them do that here, and that's it. And I know what some people will say like, you know, well, it's not like Top Gun had big villains and stuff, it was character piece and all this. Yeah, sure. Yeah. They had characters I care about. And it wasn't a sci-fi film going for that market where you are l- expecting big space battles. You're wanting right. popcorn shoers. You drew people in with Phantom Menace trailers. The least you could do is show us some, um, you know, flair in the combat. But yeah. no.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's So, yeah, like I say, it's, it, it visually looks okay. The, the Kilrathi themselves... Uh, as we mentioned before, they are. I mean, it's obvious why they didn't have a whole lot of shots of them.
0: They look like fucking in, the, dumpster. They, lo- uh, they look They look. like dumpster. And on the one hand,
1: like, I respect that, because it was, it was still really early to be trying to do digital. And that's what Roberts ultimately wanted to do to fix them, is that he wanted to do, uh, he wanted to replace them with uh, digital creations. Yeah, yeah. And th- you know what? Thank God the people who stopped him. Because I can
0: very easily By the easily people see... who stopped him, I'm assuming you're referring to all of those Benjamins that said no.
1: Right, yes. All of the Benjamins that said no, you can't do... Well, apparently the, the situation was he wanted to go and do these resu- reshoots uh, and, and, and fix some things. And Fox determined that, well... And this is, this is from an interview that I... Or a, a, a statement that... I saw Roberts make. He determined that Fox, I guess, said that they were going to make money on their deals with this film, regardless of whether or not it was good. Yeah. And if they had to spend more money to make it, then they might not.
0: It seems fairly. Yeah, that seems like a, a straightforward and common thing, really. It's like so you're the not going to chase either... money after like good money after bad, you know? Right.
1: Yeah. And the movie, you know, what? who knows? The movie might have turned out better, but I have my doubts. I have my severe doubts. Even even seeing the 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 digital stuff that turned out really good in this, having an expect like creature work is different.
0: Yeah. Well, like I said, like at the beginning of this show, which seems like weeks ago now. It does feel um, like an eternity. It does feel like an eternity. And we're not even at the two hour mark. Oh, but we're Um, almost done. We are almost done. That's what yeah, like like it feels this feels longer than the Warcraft one. And it ain't. Um But yeah, like this... What was I saying? Yeah, this is what I said at the beginning, was that even if they had 100% met their vision for what this film was, I still don't think it would be a good film. No, probably like, not. Like, you look at the stuff that they more or less... That you can at least think they nailed. It's no less boring than the other stuff. No. So more interesting. No, but I
1: think... I, I and, and I think it's, it was a like a... You're right that they tried to make a character piece out of this, for reasons that aren't clear.
0: Because none of the characters are interesting. Yeah, I think that's all it was. It was. It was. Yeah, I think you're right. This is what Top Gun did. We will do this.
1: Yeah, and and it just does not. It
0: does not hit at all. No, I think it would have been better to have just like reduced the plot and just given us, you know, oh the evil Kilrathi are doing a thing. Here is their. Admiral, and he's there with a monocle or an eye patch or whatever. Just ah, ha, 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 you bad people. I feel and like then, it, it would have
1: been better as a chase
0: film, even something like that. Yeah, yeah, like like almost yeah, because they are always
1: well, the problem we run into here with the pacing and all that is that the the Tiger Claw has to stay hidden because it's the lone ship, right? And it can't reveal its position. Why not just have its position
0: revealed and have it be chased? Yeah. Just and then you so, can have that
1: dramatic tension all the time.
0: Yeah, I think that's what they needed—like a simple central plot with very little deviation. I mean, obviously you're going to have your typical romance subplot and all this stuff, but for them to focus so heavily on try on, on characters that are not developed and are not nice to begin with, just seemed like a real boner of a move—a real <laughs> Ken bones of a move.
1: Uh. Blair sends the coordinates to Talwin and the fleet, but the pursuing Kilrathi capital ship is right behind him. Uh, Talwin orders the fleet to the jump coordinates, knowing that the capital ship could still do significant damage to Earth on its own and will almost certainly kill Blair. Blair
0: we can hope observes
1: a pulsar and starts flying towards that. A colleague back to earlier in the film when Taggart did this trick to shortcut and, you know, the gravity well thing and, and so forth. And he pulls up short and the the Kilrathi capital ship, pursuing and thinking it's leading them to the fleet. uh, Comes to find out, oh no, it's this pulsar. And they get sucked into it and destroyed because they're too large. And I love how... I love how, because this film is so boring, and so much shit has happened in it, that Blair has to remind us, the audience, of what's happening with dialogue. Like, has to explain to us that because the ship is big, mm-hmm. its momentum is forcing it into this. Despite just, like, an hour earlier, being shown the same thing happening. Yeah. Yeah. And be given a Greek mythology lesson <laughs> in the process.
0: Oh. Ah. I'll tell you what, I'll do my last fact. And it's time for my final fact. Thought I'd give it a little bit of gravitas. Well played, so did well you, played. Did, did you like it? You like my gravitas? I did, yeah. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Cheers, right? All right, a subplot about a tra- now you know much of this. Well, we've been uh, yeah, we, we've
1: been sort of dancing around it the whole time. We've been dancing around it. There.
0: Yeah. Um, well, it actually came up fact like fact wise right towards the end in the last mm-hmm. few moments. So, a subplot about a traitor was cut from the original film. There was going to be a pilgrim traitor, which would have made oh. things even more confusing. Cause then it's like so so the war is still a thing? Or is he an insurgent? We don't know. We don't know how that plot would have gone. But I imagine it would have further confused things. Um and here's where here's my real proof that for me, if this film had been everything they wanted it to be, it still wouldn't have been very good. Cause I know who the traitor is. Do you know who the traitor is? I think
1: I do, but please tell me right. who the traitor is,
0: Jim. Well, here's the thing. The interesting thing about how it was found out, who the traitor is, is that it was done through an action figure, which is, it brings to mind how action figures before have revealed things um, that wasn't revealed on a show or in a film, and often just disappointed people when it happened. Although this right. one didn't disappoint anyone, because who the fuck was interested in Wing Commander enough to be disappointed by this revelation? Yeah, nobody about the film, not the games. Um, so similar to when a Inspector Gadget toy showed Doctor Claw's face and he looked awful, or when the uh, Todd McFarlane did a Blair Witch toy and it looked awful, we have the Pilgrim Traitor action figure that was produced and had it wore a mask, and the mask could be removed. When you remove the mask, you find the traitor was Admiral Wilson. Oh. Wait, who? <laughs> it was Admiral Wilson this whole time!
1: So Admiral, Wil- Admiral Wilson is the commander of the asteroid base that gets attacked at the beginning of the film. Pegasus tries- Station, yeah. Yeah, so he he sabotaged the self-destruct, apparently, for the NAVCOM AI, and then just played up that he was... So does he reappear at the end like the Kilrathi have, like...
0: I have no idea. I mean, and, he gave and the it, guy a if ring. And he's the
1: traitor, why did he send the message?
0: Yeah, exactly. And, like, oh it my god, this fucking movie! It doesn't make s- I mean, maybe the way it was written, it would have made sense. And you never know. Maybe We don't know when... The- when it was scrapped, although certainly the plot line was in it long enough for them to produce action figures. Um, oh yeah. No, cou- yeah, this, It was part of the shooting script. Yeah. Um, so it, it I, was I, in pretty late.
1: Yeah. The, well, and there are, um, there are apparently some, as I'm led to understand some continuity errors in it that reference things that were supposed to have happened in it. Um, at one point, one of the characters has like a cut on their finger That they were supposed to have received in a scene involving the traitor, Um, the the knife. um, You remember they make a a big point of showing the first time you see the pilgrims cross.
0: Uh, Yeah, Taggart
1: takes it from Blair, and he or the second time you see the cross, I guess, and he presses a button, and this little dagger thing comes out. And that's oh, by the way,
0: by the way, the the blade of that dagger is too long to fit inside the sheath on the cross. uh, Yes.
1: Just that to let true. you know
0: that that big thing that they do, they also fuck up.
1: And it's a violation of Chekhov's gun. The idea that Explain. if you show a gun,
0: yeah. you have I to... Know, the, yeah. The, the gun... yeah,
1: right. Oh, I'm, I, I, I meant for mean, I... the audience, I was... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, no.
0: Yeah. I, I just wanted to make it clear. I know what Chekhov's gun is, everybody. I knew the dog before it came to class. And... <laughs> And I was just, I'm interested in the violation bit, okay? I don't know why I'm actually raising my hand right now as if I'm in a real class. I'm going to stop (laughs) doing that. Uh, Do carry on. But, yeah, so that that, that sort of violates that narrative tool,
1: that that trope, you know? So, like, why would you just don't show us the knifey bit? But I guess they wanted it to seem cool or something. But in the end, I guess Blair is supposed to kill Winter's in a scene using uh, the cross that Taggart gives him yeah so that's that's the explanation so, but it's just you know it's there's also yeah there's a whole bunch of, of points that you could tell when you're watching the movie that there was clearly something more. something
0: else going on yeah the yes, pilgrims and- had more of a purpose than just this weak racism angle which I'm also and- going to get to in a second uh, but first of all um, I just want to point out that this would have at least the way I'm looking at this, unless he was given a bigger role in in the original script, which I'm guessing not, because they needed the whole thing with the ring and him not being around, essentially we've got a thing where the big twist, the big villain, is some dude who was in it the first five minutes. Which is weak. And here's here's the worst part about this whole thing, and I don't want to get political, but... If this was left in the film, and it turned out that the Pilgrim was the traitor the whole time, this would have been another Angry Birds episode. Yes, it would have. Because then it becomes a case of they were right the whole time to be racist.
1: Yeah. So thank God for that.
0: Yeah, kind of, kind of dodged a bullet by not having that plot point. Because
1: in. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I haven't brought it up, and I'm not going to get into it. But I absolutely saw some racial allegory stuff in here that could have been bad.
0: Yeah, could have yeah. been
1: very, very bad. And because it didn't pay off in that very bad way,
0: that's it. Like you just, just, just because they didn't follow through on what they wanted to do. This film isn't quite as bad as it could be.
1: Now, you, you have a, a very, very good point in that. Uh, mm-hmm. So to, to wrap up, uh, the human fleet arriving at the jump coordinates wipes out the killer route, the invasion fleet, one ship at a time. Uh, they have no time to defend themselves or warn other ships after they come out of the jump, so they're just being eliminated. Uh, Blair is picked up. God damn it, that seems like an awful easy way. <laughs> you think strategically you would have a backup plan for that. Yeah, <clears throat> like like, wouldn't you send five ships, with one of the ships ordered to return back and report on the progress?
0: Oh, who even fucking knows anymore? I,
1: I'm so, I'm so emotionally disengaged. Uh, Blair gets picked up by a rescue ship and brought to Talwin, uh, where he asks about Devereaux, and by some miracle of timing. It turns out that Taggart's just arrived in the sector with her. And Blair reunites with her on the tire her claw, and they kiss before she's carried off to sick bay, and the film just fucking ends.
0: It just stops
1: happening. It just stops.
0: Did with you know that you could, you could get the, uh. The, the, the. What's it? Pilgrim Traitor action figure on eBay for $12.95 right now. What a deal! It ain't wearing the mask! Oh! <gasps> So it is just a spoiler on a shelf. It's not new in box. It's not. No, I mean the it's new in box, but the helmet isn't on the guy's head. Why would when they it's do sold? That? It's a it's a blister packet, so you can see the figure right there Fucking with his spoilers. face. Wow. I think the only thing that stops him from being um, a Ob- spoiler <laughs> is the fact that the figure looks nothing like Ken Bones, who played Admiral Wilson.
1: It also probably helps that Admiral Wilson only appears in the first, like, two and a half, three minutes of actual footage.
0: And I'm starting to think they either shot scenes with this traitor, or at least had the costume, because it comes with a character card. Oh, they must have. Yeah, packing in little cards was very popular with these sorts of action figures in the time. Uh, The aliens ones had a bunch of cards. No, I Um, I get the very
1: distinct sense that all of this was put together with what they had managed to get.
0: Yeah, yeah, the, the card has a screenshot of the Pilgrim Traitor fully masked up, holding a gun. Looks kind of cool. Looks like that would have been an actual cool antagonist for the film. Mm. Like, it, it, this film would have been good if it had an antagonist. Mm. Something for the characters to play off of instead of just each other's asshole behaviours. This film could have... No, it couldn't have been good. But this film would have been much... I... Did you like it or not?
1: <laughs> no, not really. I mean, I found it really boring. I, I, the dialogue's terrible. Uh, we've mentioned before that the performances all... Uh, you, you said phoned in. I think most of them are just bad. Like... And and, and it's, it's in part the actors, sure. But I think a lot of it is... Because there's a consistency in how bad they are. Uh, that everybody is just not getting the performance that I think is appropriate to the tone and context of the script. Mm-hmm. And that says to me directorial. like you know, That says inexperienced director to me. Um, so it's... Especially seeing some of, well, at least Lillard, capable of putting in a performance that isn't horrendous. Prince has nothing, in my recollection. Yeah. It's uh, not a good movie. It's... Uh, no, yeah. It's 90 minutes of filler, uh, some confusing, not really delivered plot fluff, and uh, some legitimately decent CGI for 1999 uh, that is not anywhere near enough to carry the rest of it. That's that's really it. It's it's kind of boring.
0: I I literally don't want to talk about it anymore.
1: Yeah, I got that impression. I don't blame you. Yeah. Yeah. Right
0: now, I'm just, you know, retweeting bad things about the president. That's that all is I a better about. use of your time. Um, uh, no, I mean, there's nothing more. There, there, there honestly, is nothing more to add. Yeah. You've summed it up perfectly. It's a boring film. It's a. I think it was always going to be a boring film. I don't think anything can be blamed. Too heavily on budget cuts and everything, as far as the film being interesting goes. As far as the film making sense, yeah, we can talk about cut stuff all day. But in terms of the film being engaging, not good performances, um, bad uh, bad performers for the for the roles, mm. and and just dull, just dull. At its best, at, at moments where you feel like they're nailing it, where you could see fucking Roberts behind the camera just going nailed it still dull <laughs> Yes. still dull god damn
1: it yep I I, I think that's it I'm, I, I done. Agree.
0: Yeah. I'm done talking about it I'm, so I'm going on the loud time, I'm going on the loud parts of my fidget cube now what are we doing next time Dungeon Siege hey that's a new film yeah, it's got a full title, like, In the Name of the King, a Dungeon Siege story or something? Or I a Dungeon Siege right. tale? Yeah, something, it's something like, that. like that. So look up... I mean, if you just look up Dungeon Siege movie, you'll find it if you do want to watch it uh, beforehand. I know some people just s- somehow are able to listen to the summaries without having seen the film. Um, but but however you want to do it. But we are doing another of ball. We figured we did Resident Evil, we did Wing Commander, we did a lot of sci-fi, time to go fantasy. So... Name of the King, Dungeon Siege, Uwe Fuck my life. Indeed. Um, Yeah, we'll see you next time. I mean, well, I will do a little bit of promotion. Follow Conrad on Twitter, at Conrad Zimmerman. I'm at Jim Sterling. Uh, We also do another podcast together called Fist Shark, Fist Shark Marketing. You can see that at FistShark.com or check it out at your usual podcasting place. Uh, That's all from us. We'll be back in two weeks' time with another spin-off, Doctors. Thank you for listening. I don't know how you manage it, but we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.